Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, in association with Square. Square can help your business needs from payments and menu management to online ordering. Visit square.com for more. Now, Elon Musk says he wants X, formerly known as Twitter, to be a super app. But is Revolut getting there first? This week, the payments app added car insurance to their list of offerings, which now includes things like credit cards, stock trading, crypto, loans, and, the CEO told me some time ago, mortgages soon. Tabitha Monaghan. Would you buy car insurance from Revolut? Yeah, definitely. I think I would. As somebody who has recently had to shop around for new car insurance, mm. the idea of that 30% reduction in premiums mm. is quite good. It's very Now, here's tempting. the thing. To get that full 30%, would you put a smart device in the car that would tell AIG and Revolut uh, how you're driving, where you're driving, what speed you're going at, when you stop, who you're visiting. I did do that in the early years mm. when I just had gotten my license at the beginning. So it's because obviously when you're a new driver, premiums are astronomical mm. prices. So you do have that little tracker to say whether you're speeding or not. Um, what was your experience with that? What did they know about your driving habits or what do you know that they knew? They would tell you, you mm. were speeding this day, you were doing this and that. Really? Yeah, yeah. We would get a report mm. um, saying you were, because they're able to tell what speed limit you're in and whether you were going too quickly or not. Mm. So yes, you would, you get a report. What I did find though is that, um, I don't know obviously about the Revolut one, but the one that I had, it would fail. So you would have to get an engineer sent out as in it would it. stop working. Yeah, and it wouldn't, the, the information wasn't registering with the insurance company. So they would have to send an engineer out to fix it, to check and it. And they knew that it failed, yeah. did they? Okay. Yeah, because they're meant to be getting constant information from it, making sure that you are behaving so yourself on the So it wasn't like roads. if you knew what you were doing, you could just trick it out and then go on your... Not, I didn't do that anyway. Is what I, I see what you're insinuating there. No, I didn't do that. But um, would I consider it now... I mean, if the if the saving was significant enough, I think yeah. yes, probably because they it's so expensive car insurance at the moment. How it's much silly are price. you quoted? Um, to renew with the same insurance company I was with, I was quoted over eight hundred euro for the year. And, and is I, that third party or fully comp? Uh, fully comp. I have six years, no claims. Okay, that's um, not too, too bad. Well, I was able to get it for 500 euro elsewhere. So, I mean, you once you shop, I mean, Charlie mm -hmm. Weston, the king of mm -hmm. this, shop around, shop around. But I think if you're going to get a significant reduction with everything so expensive at the moment, I would definitely consider doing it. Would you? Yeah, I would uh, definitely consider it. Um, the If the process was handy and in my experience, it, things like how to deal with the company afterwards and how to claim 
uh, would be important as well. Revolut, it's fair to say, has a mixed record when it comes to that. So if you ever need to do anything with your car insurance, some companies are pretty decent. Uh, they've got call centers. You can you deal with them fairly easily. And they've got experience as well. Um, now, obviously, Revolut is dealing with AIG. That's the insurance partner. So presumably, they'll be leaning on that infrastructure there. But yeah, I mean, if it's going to save me anything more than, you know, 60, 70 euro, I would probably consider it. Yeah. And it, yeah, and it, it does sound like a significant saving. When does this roll out? And it doesn't, not everybody gets it either. Starting to roll out to 3,000 lucky selected customers immediately. But uh, Revolut says it, that's going to expand to all customers uh, in the foreseeable future, I presume in the next few months. I presume they're going to use that 3,000 as a uh, an alpha or a beta testing group to see what's working, what's not, what they can do better. How does uh, that work? So you'll just, you'll get a notification or you'll get an email saying you've been selected? Uh, for the initial 3,000, yeah, yeah. yes. But for everyone, when it becomes commonly available, just through your app, you just open the phone. Uh, on, okay. on your, so this is what we mean when we talk about a super app. And everything app. This is what Elon Musk wants to do with X. He wants to um, make it so that you can go on the Twitter app and you can live there like you do in WeChat. And when I spoke to um, Revolut's CEO last year, he told, gave me a similar version of events. He said he wants to make Revolut an app that you spend more time on and you use for more services. Now, a lot of people in Ireland use Revolut. Um, I use it mostly when I'm going abroad because it they they have like zero commissions on foreign exchange currencies, particularly in the US. But a lot of people use it for crypto. So if you talk to a young person who owns a certain amount of Bitcoin or Ethereum, it'll often be through uh, through Revolut. And will you have to pay the car insurance, I assume, through Revolut? So you'll have to be a Revolut customer. So yes. again, incentivizing people to come over to and Revolut. And you get a bigger discount if you are a premium Revolut okay. uh, customer. So you know the way Revolut offers different subscription levels. I just go with the very, very basic, basically free one um, for what I need to do. But they offer... Uh, higher tiers uh, and they range from a couple of euro a month to I think up to 15, 20 euro a month and you'll get more off your uh, your insurance if you're a subscription to a subscribe to one of those. Do you have to use Revolut as your primary bank for this to be fairly seamless? Because if I, I don't use Revolut as my primary mm. bank um, I know some a lot. I know some people in Ireland do, but I will have to constantly be adding to my Revolut account in yeah. order to to That's pay what the I car do. insurance. I don't think you will have to use it as your your primary bank. That wouldn't really work. Do many yeah. people in Ireland? I don't have the figures. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I think the as bad as they are in terms of user experience. And that's not me saying that that's a commonly held uh, perception. The Irish banks um, are remarkably successful at holding on to their uh, customers. So I don't think there's been a real flow from those banks to Revolut. But services like this, if you take out car insurance with Revolut, and let's say you take it alone with Revolut, let's say you have a credit card with Revolut, you are really kind of in on the outskirts of doing most of your banking with Revolut. And it's a short step from there to say, ask your employer, say, well, could you start paying my salary into Revolut and they have the same, um, a similar IBAN setup and all of that. And once that happens, um, I could see it happening. But these things tend to take a, a long time. Okay. You know? So, um, yeah, so we're mortgages, loans, crypto uh, and now car insurance. Um, 
But it hasn't been all interesting news uh, this week in the tech sector. We've had that old monster tech job losses. That we haven't heard that in a while. I, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It was earlier in the year when mm. it seemed to be almost on a weekly basis there was somebody announcing job cuts within the tech yeah. sector. Accenture announcing 890. That's a significant amount of job cuts. That's a huge number. Now, to put it in context, Accenture also cut 400 jobs earlier in the year. So the real figure is 1,290 out of its 6,500 uh, employees, which is roughly 20%. Now, for context, that would be more than, say, Stripe, which is 14%, but it'd be less than Meta, which was about 30, 31%. So on a proportional um, scale, it's not as much as some of the others. But this, my reading of this is, this is really more to do with the earlier waves of job losses. And let me explain why. Accenture is actually one of the biggest IT job services companies in Ireland. It does things like moderation for Facebook. It has service to a lot of the other big uh, tech companies as well. Now, most of those started to rain back uh, earlier this year. They've had their own layoff rounds and they started to just scale back their operations. That was always absolutely going to affect Accenture. So I think what we're seeing now with this uh, round of job layoffs is much more associated with what the other uh, companies, which are its clients, were doing earlier in the year. So um, it's kind of a delayed reaction. Uh, it might just be a punctuation on the, the wave that we saw uh, earlier this year. Are we going to see more of this now where you're saying it was a delayed reaction or has everybody kind of announced the amount of job losses? Can we know for sure? We can't, but it looks unlikely that there'll be more significant job loss. Now, bear in mind, there are a few big ones who haven't announced any main job losses. Apple, TikTok. TikTok actually scaled up to 3,000 people from 1,000 in the last um, two to three years. And it's somewhat of a surprise that it hasn't been affected uh, in the same way as the other big companies. Now, that might just be because it, it's growing faster than the other tech giants. But there have been no job losses uh, there that I'm aware of. There have been a few, but you're literally talking about seven or eight people, which in a company of 3,000 people can't really be regarded as a layoff round. So we could theoretically see um, job losses from from some more job loss from big uh, companies. But most of the signs in the industry is that, it, is that it has kind of turned around. So if you look at the biggest ones, uh, Alphabet, which is Google, you look at Apple, you look at Meta, you look at Microsoft, most of their earnings uh, came in there uh, in the last couple of weeks. They're all doing fairly well now. They're back into the profits in the multiple billions. Most of their valuations have gone up by a huge amount. Apple's valuation has gone up by a trillion dollars this year. A trillion dollars. It's now over three trillion again. And most of them have gone up by several hundred million. So um, the the things that were dragging them down and that caused them to uh, lay off so many people have more or less been settled, it seems. Is Ireland being disproportionately affected here because we know how um, reliant the economy is on the tech mm. industry here. Are we seeing these kind of job losses in other parts of the world if for Accenture, for example? Yeah, we are seeing job losses. Take Accenture. So Ireland is disproportionately hit in the Accenture job uh, layoff round at the moment. Now, that's mostly for the reasons that 
uh, I spoke of there a couple of minutes ago because its main clients, the tech clients, uh, have were so badly hit. And most of that is concentrated in Dublin, in Ireland, when it comes to Europe, the kind of work that Accenture is doing. So the the Dublin Accenture office is, is, is its headquarters, is its uh, uh, European or international headquarters. And so that that 20% figure of, of uh, job losses here is far more than most other territories. But that's the reason. Um, now, m- more widely, if you look at the tech job losses overall, Ireland hasn't been disproportionately hit compared to, say, the US, okay. um, which was worse which was worse hit, but it was worse hit than a lot of European countries. But that's just a function of where we are. I mean, there was an interesting study done by um, Frontline, which is a venture capital company in Ireland, and they looked at US companies which are relocating, which are locating their headquarters in Europe. And by a long margin, um, the UK and Ireland, actually mainly the UK, mainly London, but after that, Dublin. Dublin is the choice for uh, US multinationals more than most other European capitals combined. So it does you know, figure that when there is a, a cold wind blowing, that Dublin in particular will, will suffer. What kind of jobs are we talking here, the 890? Because I think that's always quite mm. important when we're talking about this, because again, that we've spoken about it on the podcast, that when we think of tech jobs, um, we think they're really solid. They're quite well paid for the most part. They're almost like the new profession. Yeah. They're, the, they're the new lawyers, the new doctors, oh, they are. the new accountants. Yeah. But are we, because we're seeing so many job cuts in the mm. industry, are we talking about those kind of jobs when we're thinking of the tech yeah, industry? Yeah, some of them we are. Some of them. Um, now, the ones that I referenced earlier on, like moderation, for example, um, they wouldn't be particularly high, highly paid. Yeah. The It's understood that it's those kind of jobs uh, will be in the mix for those who are likely to be affected by this redundancy round Earlier in the year, when Accenture was letting go of its first tranche of 400 people, it said that those uh, type jobs would not be, outsourcing jobs would not be uh, affected. It was mainly staff who were dealing directly with clients. So they would have been the higher end staff. They would have been the people who, you know, they would have been 150, 200, 250 grand jobs. Now you might see it more into the sub 100 grand jobs. So those skills and those people are still somewhat in demand, but you won't know. It would be harder to gauge what the effect is on the economy because some of them might, some of them are not uh, Irish. They came here for those jobs. So they might leave and they might go back to, to other cities. We don't know. Um, that hopefully will emerge over the next few weeks. And something I wanted to ask you as well is that if, you know, with these amount of layoffs and the industry the way that it is here and you're saying you know they there's this the tide has kind of changed in mm. terms of the job losses is there places for these people to go is there is their job still there in the industry yeah there there are um they're harder to find and th- it's a tighter job market now than it certainly was this time last year and particularly this time 2 years ago i mean don't forget if you if you look at accenture accenture added 50% to its workforce during the pandemic so that's that would huge, in yeah. in Ireland that would have been 
thousands of jobs, mm. probably more than it is cutting now. So although it is letting people go compared to five years ago, it's still actually ahead uh, when it comes to its employment figures. So um, there are there are still jobs uh, to be had there. Um, there's quite a few companies who are coming to Ireland looking for those skills. I mean, why does an American company come to Dublin? It comes for two or three reasons. I mean, the tax thing is still there, but it's kind of faded away because of um, tax harmonization, uh, particularly across Europe. It's literally so that they can go and hire people who are currently working for Meta and Google and Microsoft and, and all this. That's literally the reason they come. And they find it difficult sometimes to hire those people. So if there are a couple of hundred who are suddenly have been suddenly freed up, um, I don't think you're going to see a spike in the unemployment rates. I don't think you're going to see a fall in the rents for apartments, which is always a good yeah. indicator. You see all the buy-to-let um, uh, blocks going up around the city and they've starting rents now typically at about 2300 2200 for one beds. That kind of, you're not going to see those prices uh, go down okay. or ease off. So that's a sign in itself. So their prognosis is pretty good. I would say pretty good. Okay. And finally, we've seen Twitter. Mm. We talked, spoke about it last week. The app has changed now. Yeah. The bluebird is gone. Twitter is gone. It's gone. The bird is dead. Um, what do you make of it? What do you think? I do, a lot of people on Twitter are saying that they just don't like it. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Ominous. When you look for Twitter, so if you have an iPhone or an Android and you swipe down and you do a search and you put in TW, the X comes up and yeah. it's just sort of a little bit just discombobulating. Um, we've spoken about this before. I think that uh, Elon Musk will rue getting rid of Twitter. Um, they've just today, uh, they're trying to retire the term tweet. So they want it to be post. So they're redesigning the app with the term post okay. instead of not tweet. X's. No, posts is what they seem to be going for. So, um, it uh, and there's a whole lot of other changes. You don't see sponsored at the bottom now of point. You see ad in smaller writing uh, over mm. to the right, which is a little bit uh, misleading. And there are a few other changes like that. Um, you expect to see more of the blue retired as well mm. and more of a black. Uh, Musk said he wanted to uh, create black as the uh, the dark mode as the default mode for Twitter, which wrecks my eyes. I don't. I know lots of people like <laughs> I it, but like I, it. I can't stand white writing on, on black screens. But um, so, yeah, it's not the last thing we'll see with uh, with with blue. Uh, I'm still waiting to see what they call X blue, though, because for me, that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be the, 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 the big gag role. Um, so anyway, Tab Tabitha Monon, thanks a lot for um, uh, discussing that with me today. Tabitha, who produced the program and to Gavin Hennessy was on sound and Colin Doherty was on video. For me, Adrian Weckler, you've been listening to and watching The Big Tech Show in association with Square. And we will talk to you the same time next week. Bye bye. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Europe, the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev, or Korn Rachtum. Yatakshatorin Griven, or Korston, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gor Kligsar Dukashin Echor. Now, even own Thardar Akshishin. 
Ben Marav. Schachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms.